Cigar Club family, we're back again. Welcome to another episode on the TPE trade show floor on the Cigar Club podcast, our mini series documenting the amazing people in cigars that we have the privilege of hanging out with this week here in Las Vegas. I got to meet a new face that we've carried a lot of their cigars in the past. This is Alec Cuevas from Casa Cuevas Cigars. Yes, sir. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Nice to meet you, everybody. A pleasure. Um, Alec, this is our first time meeting, like I just said, but yes. uh, we are familiar with your cigars and uh, we've got incredible feedback on them. Even one of them, uh, I don't know if you know this, but with Cigars and Leisure uh, and ourselves teamed up for a top 20 cigars of the year where we basically compiled the best rated cigars from our uh, membership of all okay. of 2020. Uh, and one of your cigars is on there and it's nominated for Cigar of the Year on that. Well, thank and you. Um, that's all from, from our members and our listeners who smoke these cigars that we send them and go into a portal and rate and review them. And it's just exciting when you know there's like no bias there. It's people who are paying for these cigars with yes, their hard-earned money. And, definitely. and they're saying like, this cigar from Casa Cuevas is like one of, one of the best I had this oh, year. Oh, that's, so. that's a privilege. We, um, we've really enjoyed working with you guys. And I want to know a little bit about you and your story in cigars. And then I want to dive into this cigar that I'm smoking. But you got it. Tell us a little about yourself, about the brand, the family, and okay. what we need to know. Well... This brand has currently been around now for four years, but we have been manufacturers as well for the past 30 plus years. Wow. I started off with my great, great grandfather, and I'm currently the fifth generation now of Casa Cueva Cigars as the director of operations, with my father being the president of the company, fourth generation. So, wow. Yes. It's a family affair. Oh, definitely. I'm sure that has its like great moments and it's like, you know, scream, screaming moments or how does that, what is that dynamic like? It's, it's very interesting. So in regards towards how our dynamic works, we try to keep everything in regards towards business at the office space. When it comes to being at home, we leave it all off the table. It's just one of those subjects that you don't discuss and talk about because I mean, we're at home, it's with family. And then we can talk about business when we're in the office space from nine to five. I mean, we're there every day. <laughs> right. It's, it's quite literally a two man operation. It's uh, wow. we are the shipping, the packing, the financial, you name it. I mean, we do it all. And it's just me and my father down at our uh, little distribution center in Miami. Oh my gosh. What, um, for you, obviously you grew up in the cigar world. Oh yes. Is, was it something that like came naturally? Was it something that you didn't think you would end up doing? Or is it like, uh, like a deep rooted passion? Like what is you know what? your story moving into like actually working for the family business? What I enjoy the most about, especially, and this kind of goes back to the dynamic of me and my father being, you know, business partners is the notion that he's never once forced me into the industry. He's always says, okay, we're currently doing this. This is what we have going on. But truth be told, if it's not up your palate, no, no pun intended, if right. it's not up your palate, then you don't need to pursue this. Right. However, I spent a lot of my summers in the factory growing up. Um, in the Dominican, right? Yes, sir. Uh, for vacation purposes, essentially, but I would always go to visit my grandfather because he is a workaholic to a T. <laughs> and I'd go up, give him a nice old hug. It'd be around, give or take, 5.30 in the morning. And he'd give me, like I said, a nice old hug, send me right downstairs to start packaging up cigars. I was uh, eight years old, give oh or take, really young. And I'd package for hours, man. But I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the nuance, the aroma of all the cigars and just the art and craft that came with making a cigar. So here's another little interesting story. That was my first leeway into cigars. Yeah. 
Then I was offered a position, my first ever job, as a matter of fact, to work at a retail shop back home. And I completely slept on the offer because I don't know why at the moment I thought for me, it would have been easier to have some experience in the food industry aspect of things than the cigars. (laughs) I quickly regretted my mistake. And, you know, I I started working retail for close to about a year. But I'd say the biggest thing for me in regards towards smoking cigars and really jumping full on into it and being just in love with what we do and with cigars in general was when I was 17. New Year's Eve. It was essentially me, my dad, and my grandfather. And he looked over to me and he says, hey, have you ever smoked a cigar before? Just by out of curiosity. At the time, we were making our Coraline Maduro blend. So we had the prototypes for it. And I told him in full confidentiality, I hadn't. I'd just been surrounded by it. Right. And he looked at me. Touched a million of them. Oh, exactly. Right. Never smoked smoked one in my life. Wow. And he looked at me and says, what the hell are you doing? And then he handed me a Maduro. And from oh, that God. point, oh, no, it was great. No, okay, it was good, great. Good, I did good. not know how to. Go. Oh, no, that has a bad good. story. I promise you that. Oh, okay. I spent my New Year's at the front porch just <laughs> green to the face. I did not know how to properly <laughs> smoke a cigar. But from there, I was then, you know, a little more into what we did. Yeah. And that's when we launched Casa Cuevas in 2017. So at that point, I am still a full-time student. Um, and I was essentially just doing the packing for it. I'd pack it up and help distribute it. That was my go-to position there because right. I was still trying to finish up a school. Then I was offered the position of director of operations by my father. And I've been in that position now for three years. Wow. It has been an enormous change of pace. Definitely a lot to learn, but I think that's the beauty in it. And that's why mm-hmm. I enjoy being as young as I am, having to you know, be a part of this such cool industry. Everybody's kinder than hell. Yeah. Just extremely kind. Yeah. And with that, I mean, I've just had the opportunity to learn so many different things. Yeah. And... I love the youth aspect of it too, because you're a young guy. I'm a young guy. Our team really like we're young people. And I say this maybe every podcast so people could be rolling their eyes at this point. (laughs) We love working with this new generation of cigar manufacturers, brand owners, cigar smokers that we have the opportunity to send and create cigar experiences for. Oh, definitely. What in your eyes, um, as someone who's making cigars and distributing cigars, what is what is this new wave, this new like youth wave of cigar uh, creators, blenders, distributors? What are they bringing to the cigar industry that hasn't been done before? You know what I think, and this goes back to a specific shop out in the Midwest, uh, Clyde Percy. Hopefully, if you do watch this, I'm calling you out on this. He mentioned to us uh, forever ago, essentially, that he loves boutique, and the reason he loves boutique is because although there might be little room for error, they always bring something new to the table. Mm. Right. And I think if anything else, it's the experience. I think it's a wonderful time to be a cigar smoker. This is the opportunity. It it could be the second cigar boom, if you will. But there is so many amazing cigars out there. I wouldn't tell you to simply smoke our stuff. We just want to be a part of your repertoire. Yeah. So I think that's what everybody's bringing in terms of boutique. It's just some new products, some new individual stuff that, for example, the Peruvian filler. Yeah. Oh, I did not tell you about that. Yes. So we'll jump into that in a little bit. But little things like that we get to work with and tweak with. And just to truthfully see how the market takes it. I mean, we're here for the criticism. And I think that's a difference that boutiques bring to the table. Yes, definitely. And and they have the ability because of their size to take constructive criticism or good feedback, bad feedback. Definitely. And change and adapt because we're not talking about millions of cigars every single time you go to run a production. Yes. And that that is special uh, if you're a cigar smoker listening to this which most people are but <laughs> when when cigar clubs specifically when we work with boutique brands and you guys leave feedback it's amazing how many times brands will come to us and say what did what did the cigar club family think of that cigar can you send us their feedback and they actually listen and to me that is 
it, it's it's amazing to know that that actually happens and um it, it's just really cool i i wonder i have a question about your dominican operations for your factories yes sir but you alluded to um proving tobacco in here wrapper from honduras so you're not just making Dominican puros. No. So we have this terminology, and we love saying it too. My father will say it time and time again. We are not a blended scotch, or rather, we are a blended scotch. We're not a single malt. Got it. So we use that's a, that's a great way to put yeah, it. Yeah, truth be told, and because we use Colombian filler for our oh. tobacco, we also use Pennsylvania broadleaf, Dominican, of course, Nicaraguan, Ecuadorian. I mean, there are some amazing leaves out there. Not all of the stuff that we produce. It's essentially saying, if we had our factory in Honduras or Nicaragua, we'd be producing the exact same cigars. Yep. It makes no difference that we have the factory in the Dominican Republic. We were just blessed to own that factory. Wow. I I, love, I was in the Dominican Republic about a month and a half ago. Okay. Staying up at Camp David in Santiago. Right on. Okay. Uh, and I don't speak any Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really easy for me to get around and uh, meet everybody. No, I had I was there with some great people that just kind of took me under their wing and showed me so many different factories and so many people. And I love the difference in when I went to my first factory ever in Nicaragua. Okay. Where you walk in and everybody's like very quiet and focused and there's no music and it's like very serious. You come in, it's like... Like this is how it has to be. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you walk into Dominican factory and it's like, there's music going on. Yes. Fun. And I'm like, oh, I love this like energy, this life. And um, I also find so much of like that come through even in the tobacco, or maybe it's just more this way I romanticize it. But okay. Dominican tobacco that has um, just a really unique profile to it. And it's got the strength and the pepper, but it also has like heavy sweet characteristics and even like some fruit stuff you Definitely. pull out of it. And it's like, I love when people use it. Um, very like focused in a blend how those come out um but i want to talk about this one in my hand because this is brand it. new yes sir. we we got it coming for you cigar club fam uh later on this year i'm like up into the starting the second third and it is like delicate nuance there's pepper there's sweetness there's almost this like peanutty sweetness i don't yeah. know what it but i just like the aroma nice on it. it like it's it's really granted i'm in a room with everybody smoking and been smoking cigars today but uh, really enjoying this. Tell us about this blend. So that is the Patrimonio blend. Uh, for those of you that don't know, essentially Patrimonio is patrimony. It's been passed down as a fatherly thing. Essentially, there's a legacy towards that. Hence like the I five said, generations. Exactly. It did start off with my great-great-grandfather who was a tobacco grower in Pinar de Rio. So essentially tobacco growing country over yes. there in Cuba. And from there, my great-grandfather then went into place. Then my grandfather, my father, and so forth. Now me being wow. the fifth generation. So that's the reason for the title. Another interesting aspect about it is it's completely out of our wheelhouse. A Corojo wrapper. It tastes different than any cigar I've had from you guys. And that is what is that's like what we were going right for. Now. We were definitely so when we were hitting the drawing boards in regards to this blend, we went through about 13, I'd say. And it was during wow. the uh, yes. And all three of you were blending this. Oh, yes. And having to agree on. OK, cool, which is cool. also <laughs> another tricky yet very fun part to do. Palettes. Exactly. Exactly. And my grandfather, when I tell you that man is picky when it comes to his blends, he likes his cigars very well, super well-rounded. So with the Corojo, it was definitely an interesting treat for me and my dad to work with. The first blend that came out was a spice bomb. It was a chest kicker. I took you back to New Year's Eve oh when you were 17. Oh my gosh. I had not sweat that much since I was 17. It was just intense. <laughs> and we're like, okay, maybe we should tone this down. And then currently playing with it now, it does have that Honduran Corojo wrapper on it. With the Nicaraguan binder, because we just find that binder to be just so tasty. Yeah. It's a beautiful binder to carry on your cigars. With the Peruvian, it also has Nicaraguan and Pennsylvania broadleaf as well. 
So this is a one four country blend. Yes, sir. Wow. And it's a creeper. The strength is there, but that'll mostly pick up when you pass that halfway point okay. and you're getting towards the end. And that's what we were going for. And so I we're love glad. This size. What's the size? So we currently have a 5x54 in Robusta okay. size. Great. We have a 6x52, the Toro you're smoking right now, Got it. and a 6x60 as well. Wow. And the wrapper on this is gorgeous. I don't know how well you guys can see this. The bands are also beautiful. This does not have the band on it, but yours will when you get this. Definitely. This wrapper is from top to bottom the exact same color. There's like no spots on it. it, it it's it's just beautiful. It has and a beautiful color. It really does. What is, is it a pretty intense process like sourcing wrapper tobacco and or do you have like people that you guys have worked with for so long that you trust and you know their process? Exactly. Okay. So we work with Domatab and Enatab. There's also the Olivas over yeah. in Tampa. So we get a lot of our tobacco, or at least our bales from them. And though that aspect of things is something that my grandfather's much more versed in, I've had the opportunity of being at those locations and it's impressive. Dave, it's impressive wow. to see so much tobacco around you. Yeah. And it's just this environment. You walk in and you smell it. And it's just like, uh, it brings, it really does give me those reminiscent vibes of when I was first at the factory at a young age. What a cool, what a cool, like, way to be. Yeah. You think about yourself at eight years old and you smell that and you're like, it's insane. I'm eight years old again. It's insane. Except you get to blend the cigars now. You don't exactly. just have to pack them. Which even then the blending process, and I'll tell you folks, it's not, uh, it's not an easy thing. Mm -hmm. You're essentially taking a shot in the dark. Yep. Right, so you're going through, for example, the Mandaria blend. Yep. We went through 33 blends. It took us three whole days of nonstop smoking. Oh my God. Nonstop. And then man. do you ever get to the point where like, cause you're smoking those freshes, you're like, change this, add, change this filler, add exactly. this, change the wrapper. But then, you know, once it sits for a month or a couple of weeks it and it starts up to develop, you. yeah. then you're like, are you, okay, back to the drawing board or then. Exactly. So for you, is it also this, um, learning or mastering you have to be able to tell a cigar off the table or fresh what it's going to do in two three months exactly and you know what there are some blends in particular corojo included that we did let sit to see what it would happen going back to the first blend with the corojo like i said chest kicker we gave it two months <clears throat> and it loosened up completely wow it lost that power that it carried with it and we're like okay no this is why we need to go back to the drawing board because although it was out of our wheelhouse and we would have been perfectly okay with the chest kicker the fact that it mellowed out so much was alarming to us so we clearly we needed to play around with the right. blend a bit so it's a process it i really mean it's is. already it's going through like a big flavor change right now and it's like my favorite note in a cigar is whenever i get like this like red hot or like this like cinnamon Okay. Like zesty. I always attribute I it to cinnamon. like Nicaraguan right. tobacco. Yes, or most like definitely. Corojo or Creole. Like it's like this cinnamony, cinnamony, spicy, almost candy, fruity. Yeah. And there's like little hints of that. It's just like building as I keep puffing. It's I'm getting more and more, and as I retrofit more, it's like an orchestra. So we're so glad. So a lot of the uh, the reception that we've gotten from the stick is that it's had a wonderful retro hill. Yeah. To us, that is amazing. We didn't want anything that could completely scorch your palate. Right, right. We wanted you to be yeah, able I've to enjoy been it. Retroing almost every almost every puff, which I don't normally do on a cigar. And it's, you, there's strength there, but it's not overpowering to where I'm like, oh no, yes, I don't want to do it again. Exactly. I, like it makes me want to keep coming back for more and more flavor. Thank you. Um, Thank it's you. a beautiful cigar. What, um, what can uh, the Cigar Club family expect from Casa Is it Casa? Have you guys now just Cuevas cigars? We're Casa Cuevas. Oh, you are Casa, Casa Cuevas. Cuevas. Okay. Okay. I didn't want to be saying this wrong this whole time. <laughs> okay. So you've got this coming out yes. this year. 
and um, and then just maintaining the incredible productions of everything else, which I'm, is a full time job in and of itself. Oh yes, to make sure the reserva tastes like the reserva every exactly. single time you get it. That's another thing. So, and I, I know you folks are very well versed, and you for sure have heard this just from other people in the industry as well. Whenever you pick up a cigar, and the construction's bad, or maybe the flavor profiling isn't what it used to be, give it the benefit of the doubt. I always say, if you don't like a cigar, pick it up a second time and give yeah. it a try because crops change over time. Environment makes all the difference with the stick you're smoking. Right. And blends do have to change. There's some individuals that you'll have that cigar and then they run out of that, you know, that, what would you call it? I wouldn't call it production, but essentially having that inventory. Yeah, like that exact crop from that exactly. year. So, for example, we wanted to make the sledgehammer in a Matsafina wrapper. Whoa. That was what was supposed to be launched at this TPE. We okay. were extremely ecstatic with okay. that. The only thing was we couldn't get Matsafina. <laughs> oh, so, man. yeah. There goes just, that cigar. Exactly. Now, we still have it clearly in the back of our heads. Yeah. We want that cigar. We're dying for that cigar. In terms of some new projects that we have coming out, just to let you folks know, for our Reserva line, we are also going to be releasing the Flacos again. The what? The Flacos. The 7x43 Lanceros. Oh, we're thinking about bringing man. them back out. So, and it's something that I've been really just touching upon for my father for quite a bit of time. And I said, you know what? Seven it was limited. What a size. It's been limited for so long. That it's been about three years now that we're like, you know what? I think it's time to go back to it. And I think, you know what? It's caught such good reception. It's become, uh, for lack of a better term, the, uh, the unicorn for us. Yeah. Just something that a lot it's of people have size. been asking about. Exactly. Wow. So, and it's based after me. I'm, I'm as flaco as it comes i'm skinny <laughs> is that what flaco means yeah exactly it means skinny so it's alex cigar it was Flacco, my grandfather's idea go figure he's a, he's a name caller so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's yes. what i found most of those like latino like old school factory guys they always have you walk in the door you you now have a new name oh exactly yeah. you need a new name that's <laughs> right. the thing you walk in through the door my sister's is uh chavelina which gonna get a cigar most likely. We actually had a cigar for her way back in the day before we even had the brand. Initially, it was just a house blend for us and our family, and it was under Chavelina. So it was a green band. It was like a dark, almost like a sweater color yeah. in terms of that. And sure enough, my grandfather loved that stick. He named it right after my sister, oh, right wow. when she was born. So we're very big on family. I love that. And we yeah. like to incorporate a lot of titles and names in regards towards that family. I mean, we take a lot of pride in who we are. Yeah, and, and I, you can feel it when you look at the bands, when you read about them, when you hear the story, when you listen to you speak, it's like, feel like I'm part of the family smoking this cigar. Well, you are to a degree, of I course. It. I love it. Of course. Uh, That's why we always say from our casa to yours. I love Most that. definitely. Man, what an incredible like story of like family generations. Like I love that it's this like generational pass down of like the baton and like the yeah. continuing of, of this brand. Um, but Thank that's you. amazing. Thank you for spending time with us. For, of course, this is for awesome. sharing a little piece of this. Um, you guys can expect so much more from Alec and from the whole Cuevas family. Definitely, more cigars coming, more stories. Maybe an exclusive down the road. Maybe could be coming. I think I think we can work keep, on it. Keep your eyes peeled, uh, and we'll keep the cigars coming your way. Cigar Club family, thanks for listening. Another great episode here on the TPE Trade Show floor. Uh, I'm DavidCigarClub.com, and happy smoking. See you soon. Thank you.